0: You're listening to Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks and co-host Angelia Savage. We seek to help you relate well so you can live well in all aspects of your life.
1: Welcome to the show that will change your life for the rest of your life. This is Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks, and I'm your co-host, Angelia Savage. And this is a show that's going to help you connect. It's going to help you connect better, communicate better with everyone around you. Because when we learn to communicate better with one another, we stand in our power. And ultimately, we just become a better spouse or a better parent, a better employee or employer. And basically, we just become a better human being. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that's the important part. And it's the one that God intended us to be all along. And this is why Relate Well was created by Dr. Marks. He has a true passion to continually help others become the best version of themselves when relating to each other. And a lot of us know him as Dr. Rick, if you haven't listened to him before or followed him on social media. Welcome to the show. How are you doing this evening?
2: I am better. Better. You know my whole family was down with COVID.
1: I very well know, yes. <clears throat> and so, this is the
2: first time we've been back in the studio. It is,
1: and I may sound a little the... different. I'm in a mask <clears throat> because I've been with you and our entire staff here and the producer. <laughs> Everyone came down with COVID, and so I'm wearing my mask just to protect. So I may sound a little off, but
2: I'm still here. And, and, We're in and, and our listeners will probably hear me because I had that with, a, with these doctors Recipe. and all my friends. That, Post-COVID cough.
1: Oh yeah, you know,
2: um, can't it get rid of it. Sticks with
1: you for six months. It seems like a lot of people. That's what I
2: know that's had COVID had the had a residual cough. They said mm. just get used to it. It's just a part of it. Yeah, that COVID, so, that nasty COVID cough. Oh, so I've got my uh, I got my water and I got some cough mess. Uh, you know, some cough suppressants here. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, okay. it is what it is. Yeah, right. We'll
1: get some honey tea mm. in a minute. And-
2: <laughs> but I, I will say this to you. Um, what my whole family got, it. me and my wife, my son and my, son, my daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. all had it at the same time. And the things that we experienced at that time were just profound as a family. And we can talk about that later, but I just, you know, it was just so, looking back at that time, it was very really meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I began to realize the truth of what we always talk about, Angelina, that there's power in living for an us. You know, and what that really means, particularly in the rough times of life.
1: Yeah. Those things are the things that shine mm-hmm. through and make you realize you are indeed with the right person. Yes. Yeah. That was true. Okay. Well, we're going to touch on that. I think the second segment. Okay. Right now we always open the show with questions mm-hmm. that you have no idea what's coming your way. So right. that's the fun part about this. And uh, I have a few that I want to touch on today. One I grabbed from Savannah in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. And Savannah says, what would you say are the top Three things for a long-lasting relationship. When you're young in your twenties and thirties, then the three things when you're older in your forties and fifties, and then what are the three things when you're a seasoned, re- you know, retired and possibly widowed individual, sixty plus? Hmm. So three things <coughs> at various ages and stages, I guess we'll say in of, your life
2: of your life. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm going to have to go back to some early psychology and family systems thinking here in my head, which Savannah has kind of pushed me back to a place I had not gone to in a long time <laughs> in my mind. So the first thing is, you, before you get married, there are certain things you need to accomplish before you become married. And one of those is you need to know who you are and be confident and secure who you are. So living singleness is a time for you to become the best version of yourself. All right. If you have not, then you end up using marriage as a way to fix your problems or to to compensate for your insecurities. You know, it's the idea that uh, a husband who loves his wife loves himself from the book of Ephesians or love God and others as you love yourself. It's the idea is you really can't love someone else until you learn to love yourself. So I would say the first thing for the younger age is use your when you in your singleness. Develop yourself. Become the best version of you. Live an authentic life. Secondly, you've got to learn how to communicate. Matter of fact, communication is all all stages. All right? It's all stages. So you've got to learn how to communicate well and solve problems well. All right? And I think the... the oh, wait, the,
1: do you mean on your own? Because you were talking about on your own as your Yes. Uh, just, just... Okay, so on look, your own, yeah, to be able to communicate with just individuals if in I, general.
2: Yes, because okay. that's a, that's a skill that I learned for me. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you communicate well is a different issue, right? But as far as it concerns me, I'm going to communicate well with you. Yeah. You see, it's and a Sometimes skill that learn. teaches
1: other people. When you communicate well, sometimes mm. they take notice and learn from you. And it, then it creates it a, a nice communication. You know, It really does. About. Uh-huh. And it
2: gives you a lot of insight when you should argue, when you shouldn't argue. You know, mm-hmm. that, old, that old proverb that says um, a fool appears wise when he keeps his mouth shut.
1: I was you know. here, choose your battles wisely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are the Very much I so. <laughs> okay.
2: And so, right. I, and so the third one for that young age, um, so the first one is become the best version. you. Use that time to develop yourself as, a, as an authentic way of being. Learn how to communicate and solve problems well. And I think the third one is develop humility. In those early years of life, develop yourself to become a mature, humble adult. Because to live a life of humility is a very powerful way to live life because it requires emotional maturity, which makes you a very powerful person. For the middle stages, um, I would also continue to argue, become, learn to communicate because communication will be through all three of them. You've got to be able to do that in all all aspects of life. And I think in that middle stage is always learning to keep us priority even over and above the kids. What's happened today is In in Western culture, in the United States in particular, marriages are child-centric. They live their emotional bond through the children. And because they're living their emotional bond through the children, people go, well, we're not connected. Yeah, you are. You're connected to your children. But when your children left home at the empty nest, that's the second highest divorce rate.
1: There's no relationship left.
2: Exactly. Because the relationship involved around the children and the children mm-hmm. were the relationship. And so the idea is always keep us strong. So once you get married, learn how to develop us and always keep us strong, particularly in those middle stages. Mm-hmm. And then oh, when boy. you say
1: that, I think of I think of all my friends from New York, mm-hmm. all my New York City friends are so good at nurturing their relationships first and children fit into their lives. Really? It's so weird. that I noticed that whenever I lived down south, and there were so many New Yorkers that were coming down. And a lot of my friends, personal friends here in Jacksonville, and and my friends put the kids first. It's whatever's best for the children. And, you know, divorce rate, I think, is is something that that goes up because of that, because you can't lose your relationship. What you had before the children were actually introduced.
2: Yeah, I remember my... Oldest son, he's like 13 or 14, he's mad at me and he said, You love mommy more than me. And I said, You're right, get used to it. Yes.
1: It's the best <laughs> gift
2: I give you. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so true.
2: You, you thrive when us thrive. Right? yeah uh, You know, right. and so. And they know
1: they can't manipulate one or the other exactly. because the two of you are so bonded together. Exactly see, right. Yeah, and on that's, the same page.
2: That's exactly right. Okay. And the third thing for that is hopefully you've learned to forgive. Forgive. You live to forgive. Okay. you have to, <coughs> excuse me, during those years, if you're married and move into those those middle stage years, if we can call it that, mm-hmm. you're going to hurt each other. You're going to do things that, you know, you didn't intend to do, but you did said things. Because we're learning and growing it together than us. You, you know, we we hurt people. Learn to forgive. Learn okay. to forgive. Forgiveness is the way you restore intimacy and, and keep trust going. Okay. So when you're wrong, own up to it, be mature, own up to it, seek forgiveness, change it.
1: Okay. And you then see? what about in your sixties or, you know, when you're widowed perhaps, mm-hmm. or later in life?
2: I think in those, in those years, because us has been so strong all along, you become, when us is strong, you become the best version of you. You see, I think in, in those later stages of marriage, in it's my, my opinion, you have a rhythm that just flows. You know, I think my wife and I are in that rhythm now. We're in that rhythm. It just, it just is. And this is how we live our lives. And now we get to go and mentor other young people. We get to invest what we have learned and grown in over the years in our marriage and our, and, and our own selves. And we're imparting into others. Relate Well is a part of that, right? It's mm-hmm. Parting our, our story yes, into yes. a curriculum and then giving it away to others. So I think the big thing is how can our marriage serve others now?
1: That's wonderful. I think that's so great. I feel like. When you can, when you've learned something, you've become an expert per se. Mm -hmm. And when you can teach something to someone else, you know it so well. Mm -hmm. You really, really know what you're talking about. When you're able to teach someone else and show them the things that you've learned. Yes. What a gift. One of my great
2: teachers and mentors was Dr. Lori Gordon, founder of the Payers program. And the greatest compliment I ever got was from her. Now, her husband, Morris, was a rabbi, so she's Jewish. Dear lady, she's like a grandmother to me. And I was talking to her quite a few years ago on the phone, and she said to me, she said, you know, Rick, you're one of the greatest teachers of PEARS. Well, there have been a lot of master teacher trainers in PEARS going back to the 70s, and she's telling me this in the early 2000s. So I'm thinking, thank you. I think you told her thank you, but I'm thinking, no way, because, you know, what about Rita and Don and Don and, 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 you know, others in my head that I knew. And so I just said, thank you. She said, do you want to know why that's true? I went, yes, ma'am. She says, you don't teach pears anymore. She says, "Pears is actually in your soul. It's become you. Mm -hmm. When you teach now, you're actually teaching who you are. You're not teaching a curriculum anymore. Mm -hmm. You're teaching from you. And I went, laureate's so true. Because I so wanted to transform myself way back in those younger days, Angelia, because I realized that, you know, I'd, I'd hurt well enough and I wasn't going to be that guy anymore. And this was my path to get there, not recognize. She saw it in me. I didn't see it in me. She kind of gave me that insight into myself. But she was right. I made it me. Mm-hmm. And so I st- I just live out of that. Yeah. And I think a like strong, healthy marriage in those later years. Because you're living out of that. It's just who you are. You're able to go give it away to others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: You know, that reminds me of I was in church this last weekend and and the preacher was talking about living through God. Mm. Once you are living through God, something that God has allowed you to learn through him to become you know, mm-hmm. a humble human being and living through him. And you're able to live that out almost the teachings of God, you know, taking care of others. And not looking for anything in return. That's so important.
2: Yes. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, if they've hung out on YouTube at all, they've heard of Jay Shaddy. The Who's young that? Jay um, is a young Indian man born, and I think he was born in the UK, but he's first generation from India. Okay. And um, he was in college in the UK. And long story short, in his, in his family, you, you became a doctor, an attorney. Or an accountant.
1: Okay, yeah. So he's studying to be an accountant. That right? kind of family.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Indian that family. Is what he will they, they, be? Exactly. Yes, yes. You and
2: will. so, long story short, a friend of his at the university said, "Hey, you know, let's go hear this monk, Hindu monk that was coming." Long story short, he didn't want to go, but he went because he told the guy, "I'll buy you a beer. You buy me a beer, then I'll go with you." Mm-hmm. Long story short, he becomes a monk at a young age. And goes and lives as a monk to become a monk. About five or six years into this, they told me, you need to leave and go tell the world what you've learned. So Jay, you can find him on on um, on the Internet. He creates all these short videos that are powerful. But in his book, Think Like a Monk, most of his, what he writes in the book is consistent with Scripture. But he says something near the end. And he says this, all of life is to teach you to live one way, to serve others. Mm, and what okay. I learned as a monk, the greatest way to live your life isn't for you. Right. Is to serve others.
1: Absolutely. That's the best way to live. I agree. Mm-hmm. And what was his name again? Jay what? Jay
2: Shetty. S-H-A-T-T-Y.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's wrap things up right now. And we're going to come back in a moment. And I want to talk about your experience over this last, what, six weeks, really, with COVID in the family. Stay tuned. You're listening to Relate Well with Dr. Rick. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Healthy, loving relationships are essential for a happy life. On Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks and co-host Angelia Savage, you'll learn the principles for healthy, mature relationships. They share personal journeys, biblical and clinical insights that will challenge and inspire you to create fulfilling relationships in every aspect of life. Sundays at 5 p.m. on 971 The Truth and I ilovethetruth.com. When we relate well, we will live well. And to live well, we must relate well.
1: Welcome back to Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks. And we've uh, tackled one question question one simple question that turned into an entire segment but yeah. it's interesting and we were actually just talking over the break our producer here is in her 20s you know and she's going to learn a lot about how to i don't know be in tuned with you she's she's taking notes actually she's raising up the ah. <laughs> the, note, the notebook you know of things that you need to know in every stage of your life, that better[s] your relationships, Yes. and yeah, and it's really interesting. I mean, it's it's nice to hear what we need to know in if every stage of our life, yeah, it, it's all good information.
2: There's in the uh, field of marriage therapy, you have what's called the family life cycle, mm-hmm. which are the different stages of of family development. Singleness is one, but the, it in in when you look at those things and. Uh, and when you study the family life cycle, there are certain things you need to accomplish in your life before you get married mm-hmm. and then there's certain things you need to accomplish with a couple before you have kids. you see and then as you have kids certain things you need to accomplish before you go to the empty nest you see and the family in the stages of the life, family life cycle is really a wonderful academic way of understanding family development and emotional and relational development and the things you need to accomplish over time so that when in the later days in your life You've lived a very successful, healthy, mature relationship and family.
1: I like that. When you have those nice pillars set up and goals, the goals together, goals by yourself and then goals together. Yes. You know, that gives you a nice stability of where you're going next. Yes, very much so. Okay. Well, let's talk about where you've been the last six weeks. You have uh, been on hiatus and not for good reasons.
2: no. No.
1: If the cough tells the anything cov- yeah, at all, the COVID cough where right have there? you been?
2: <laughs> well, so what was it? Um, um, we've been. I, I I guess it was June 10th. It was way back when I got die. Well, I thought I had my my annual. Uh, what do I call it? Bronchitis with my, you know, pollen and everything. I get it every year this time. Just allergy so time. It, and yeah, allergy everything's time. in
1: bloom, and we're in Florida,
2: and, and I'm thinking yeah. that's what it is. When well, then uh-huh. this this tiredness came over me pretty regular my wife like you need to go get tested for covid well long story you know short folks i had covid and then my wife got got positive the two days later she even got tested and my son and my daughter-in-law so all of us came down with covid at the same time and i'm grateful we did as a matter of fact
1: really i'm thinking who took care of who you need somebody who's well to take care of somebody else not really good thing for the whole family
2: (laughs) we all had it and we all took care of each other Wow. It was in in and and, and, and uh, I actually did a Facebook live on this about a week ago when my strength was back and I was really getting better. You know, I was sleeping about 15 18 hours a day the first we can have two weeks.
1: Yeah, I was texting you guys and making sure that you and Luella gone. were okay, and you were not responding, no, I was and down. I was a little concerned. So I, I kept down. texting, and yep. finally- and I, I got, saw
2: some of your text later.
1: Yeah, I got a one-word <coughs> response. We've been sleeping 18 hours a day. Yeah. This stinks. And yep. I'm going, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, the, man was... of, the man of many words had three words to say. <laughs> Something is wrong. Definitely. I was down.
2: <laughs> and for me, the symptoms that were dominant was heavy coughing and nausea. And so my doctor gave me some, you know, prescription cough medicine and some nausea medicine. I ended up getting a little bit of pneumonia in my right lung. And um, but uh, and then Llewell and I both went to the emergency room probably three weeks ago. And they did admit us, and uh, but they did confirm some things for us anyways. And um, so we're on the other side of it, you know, um, COVID-free.
1: Knock on wood and Got praise Got the antibodies, yes. they
2: always say. Who knows, yes. you know. And it's funny how many people... I didn't post anything for two weeks about it, uh, because Lil asked me not to. But once we went to the ER, she goes, You might want to say something on social media and ask for prayers. Like, Okay. So I did. And that's when everybody started kind of writing and telling us, you know, hey, do this, do this, all that kind. It's funny how many people become a doctor at that point. I was
1: gonna say you had, a, you had all and the Facebook amazing. doctors. Yeah, all these all your friends become friend, friend doctors. physicians and, and start right. telling
2: you and then they question, Did you get the COVID? did you get the vaccine? Then why not? And it's like Oh. I don't need I don't need all the judgment, folks. You know? Yes. Yes. I haven't gotten it. I just didn't get it. Sometimes you get too busy. Oh. Some people don't want to get it. Some people just were lax and didn't get it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what does it really matter? However, when you're down like that and, and you can step back and think about your life. I did this Facebook Live because going into COVID, my marriage was strong. You know, we always talk about the power of us, right? Absolutely. It's the most important important. part of marriage. So us was strong. But when all of us got diagnosed with it, tested positive for it, everybody slept in different rooms. Everybody wanted space. You know, Luella struggled with fever. I didn't. My daughter-in-law really struggled with fever, 102, for about a week. Oh, goodness. Up and down, but, you know, and then my son had it. So we're all sleeping in different rooms, and yet we're all checking on each other as well. Are you
1: texting each other? Are you you're not able to get out of bed? Are you you're meeting in the kitchen at six o'clock once a day?
2: (laughs) I was probably the worst, Uh uh-huh, of all of us, okay, uh, for whatever reason. And um, my oxygen levels went down to the nineties, you know, which is not low nineties, low Uh nineties, and uh, which is not good. But they don't admit anymore unless you're in the eighties. I found Mm -hmm. out from the ER doc, which is good. I have to get it. But having gone through that, Angelia. My marriage, and not just my marriage, my relationship even to my son and daughter-in-law. You know, we talk about every relationship that an us to it. It has the highest meaning in the marital bond, but every relationship. The us-ness in our family and in my marriage went to a far deeper place of intimacy. And, and, as I, and I, you could feel it. You could just feel the the deeper patience, the deeper love, the the greater kindness.
1: And why we, is that? Was that the fear of losing one another? Was I think, that?
2: I think for Luella, that leaning? was. A, I okay. think for Luella, she may have felt that at some level.
1: Okay, fear of losing her son, her daughter in law. Well, me, you, me, because you know mean, all of you. She
2: uh-huh. had she had concerns about whether I'm like I'm just sleeping, you mm-hmm. know, but the. You know, the dry heat and all that was really bad for me, the, the mm-hmm. nauseousness. But I lost 16 pounds. So in that sense, it was a great thing. Wow. Right? And, now, <laughs> and then there's that. A lot better than eating disorder, right?
1: <laughs> there's your diet plan. Here you go. Get COVID.
2: <laughs> the usness coming out of COVID is so much deeper and richer. And I, had, I kept thinking, you could feel it. And so I began to process why. Mm-hmm. Here's, my, here's my, my observations. All of us were hurting and, and sick and we all wanted our space, but we also understood we need to care for each other. We need to care for the whole. And because of that, we all moved to a sense of flexibility. We all moved to a sense of deference to others. We all kind of operate out of humility, you know? If, if Trey needed space, he got his space. It's okay, take care of yourself. We got you covered and back here. Let us know what you need. We check on each other, you know? And so there is that sense of care at a far deeper level. And I think that care was already in all of us and COVID just brought it out. It just brought it out. And took the family and the relationships to a far greater place of intimacy. That as I'm sitting here telling you about it, I can still feel it right here. Hmm. in this Mm -hmm. studio with my wife. Mm -hmm. She said to me, she went back to work about two weeks ago. She went back before I did. And I went and picked her up. And uh, she said, you know, something you've always taught that I'm finally getting in my own life. And I said, what's that? She goes, you've always talked about don't live in extremes, live in the present.
1: What does that mean? Don't live in extremes. A lot of
2: people... Uh, I shouldn't say not living, I think you said that wrong. Don't live in the past and don't worry about tomorrow.
1: Don't right? live in the past and don't worry about tomorrow. So live because in the moment.
2: Live in the moment. Okay. To be present. Okay. To oneself and others. Okay. That's a very different way. So do not, it, to not, to be poorly present, you have to practice forgiveness. you got to let things go. It is what it is. You can't change it. fix it. Be here. Well,
1: when you lose your health, you are here. Like you are in the or present because pe- well, yesterday doesn't matter and tomorrow doesn't matter, right? This moment is what matters. Health yes. is the
2: most important. Yes. Cause mm-hmm. we are, we're looking, we, we got to be healthy in our, in, in our absolutely medically. Yeah. And so, but she had been experiencing things at work even while she was sick, you know, um, cause she couldn't go in and some people want to call and talk to her and, but she said, I have come to understand the power of living in the present and why you teach that so much. I said, Luella, I could be dead in five minutes. And if I keep worrying about what happened or what might happen, fear and insecurity, I have lost the joy of you for five minutes. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a home where you always lived in fear of what might be, and you always had a lot of anger and hurt. So I never learned how to live fully in the present to myself and others.
1: Wow. What a learning curve. But it is for a lot of people because, mm -hmm. you know, and I haven't been in this circumstance that you're in, but I'm the one that lives... In the future, I love the. I'm the what if girl. What okay. if this? What if that? And a lot of people that I know live in the past, and they can't get over issues and past all of this stuff. But when you're in that moment, where near death, or health has gone down the tubes, or your family, a possibility of losing a family member, that puts things into perspective. And here's so that, great- That's what
2: COVID did for you and your family. Well, it did more for her. What it did, it made it more profound for her. Mm -hmm. So she appreciates why I teach that way. Mm -hmm. Because I have, I I, I believe it's true. And she, she saw it in me. I've been living more in the moment. For quite a few years yeah, now, yeah, you're That's, good. You're good at that. I'm, just, oh, I'm just, any of let's us just can be. take any
1: of that way away you know, from you, we need just, to live in the moment, like yeah. like dogs. Dogs exactly. live in that moment, right there in that moment. You are exactly. You are just like a puppy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you. You know, so I, I think the the idea of that we're all hurting, we're all struggling. And we moved to patience. We moved to kindness. We moved to humility. Mm-hmm. Though we all needed space, we also needed each other. Mm-hmm. We needed each other, and we knew that. And and we could ask for what we want, you know, or just say no. I'm fine, but thanks for caring. Mm-hmm. And that that piece was very profound during during this time. You know,
1: did it bring out the worst and the best in everyone, or just the everyone, best in everyone?
2: There was, no, in my experience, mm-hmm. there was nothing negative. Great, that's great. And when we finally put it out there, I'm telling you, friends showed up. What can we get for you? Mm-hmm. You know, so we had friends go get our, our our prescription meds from a pharmacy for us because we couldn't go into a store. You know, um, they would get groceries for us, or we'd have Walmart or some store like that deliver stuff, right? All we were so taken care of I saw the power of living in the one another's and, and because we were doing the one another's as, as each other and outside of us the friends who came alongside said how can we support you how can we encourage you yeah we're going to pray for you mm-hmm. but because they did those other one another's we knew we we're going to be okay you know, we're isolating this little house and we're not going outside of it.
1: <laughs> the village is around taking care of the exactly. land. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was reaching out to you guys and what do you need? And then I didn't hear anything back.
2: That was in the early going, days. Oh,
1: are you okay?
2: <laughs> do was,
1: you need uh, fruit? What do you need? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Those are those so early days. C. I wasn't answering anybody. <laughs> I was like, I think I answered you and maybe one other person. But yeah. I was I was just down 18 hours a day sleeping. Yeah,
1: you guys were, were down for the count. Well, I'm glad that you're back, and everybody else is glad that you're back. And in addition, Colby came down with it, and her family came down yeah. with it, her roommates, everybody else came down with it, too. So we're glad to have everybody back and healthy and Ready, ready, and willing, and able, and a little bit of cough, lingering cough, but yep. other than that, you guys are awesome. Well, thank <laughs> Feeling you. Feeling great and on the other side of COVID. So. Yeah, you know,
2: and I can see how COVID <laughs> can either disrupt your life in marriage or build it and make it stronger. It's in those crises times, right, that really test the metal of your relationship.
1: Yeah, trauma test.
2: And test and for sure, mm-hmm. we have weathered over thirty-seven years some really rough times. But I'm telling you, we're a stronger us today.
1: Absolutely. Well, we'll be back with a strong third segment because we've got some good stuff coming up. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Rick and Relate Well. We'll be back
0: in a moment. Dr. Richard Marks is a licensed professional counselor and clinical fellow with the AAMFT and an ordained minister. His education and training is exemplary. He holds a PhD in counseling psychology and a master's in marriage and family therapy, as well as religious education. Throughout his life, Dr. Rick has taught graduate school, managed psychiatric hospitals, held private practice, and is a U.S. Navy veteran. He has served as commissioner on the Florida Commission on Healthy Marriage, as well as started the statewide Healthy Family Initiative in Kansas under Governor Brownback. He is an author and founder of the RelateWell Relationship Skills Program. As the founder of RelateWell, Dr. Marks provides singles, premarital, and married couples the tools they need to lead a healthy, mature relationship. And we teach
2: skills for attachment. We teach skills for bonding. We teach skills for confiding, for communication, problem solving. We'll even teach you how to regulate emotional energy so you can be angry instead of not.
0: In addition, he trains in corporations and organizations the essentials of emotionally healthy leadership. He's been featured as a guest on numerous TV stations and radio shows in Jacksonville. Dr. Marks resides in Jacksonville with his wife Luella, who have been married since 1984 and they have 3 adult children. If Dr. Mark's can serve your organization, business, church, or if you're seeking help through counseling and coaching, visit drrickmarks.com or relatewell.us or call 904-724 Eight six eight three.
1: Welcome back to Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks. I'm Angelia Savage, your co-host. And we just talked about some unfortunate times which have turned into some great times. You've been suffering from COVID and our producer as well. We're down with COVID for six, well, a while, six weeks or so. Was, it was about four and from me, yeah. yeah, And uh, now you're back and stronger than ever. And mm-hmm. you know who else is stronger than ever?
2: Who's that? Jimmy
1: Carter and
2: Rosalind. Ah, you saw too.
1: Our former president of the United States. They are actually celebrating seventy-five years of marriage. Who do you know? Seventy-five years married. You I don't know, know anyone.
2: I um. When I saw that in the news, I read about their life together, how they met, and, and um, all of that. You know how did they put, meet? I don't know how they met. Uh, it was uh, they were introduced by a by a family friend, I think it was. Okay. Um, And it just kind of took off from there. Mm -hmm. And they got married. And of course, you know, his life is, is a governor of Georgia and then president of the United States one term. And, you know, this whole red and blue fighting each other, it just, it, it just taxes me. You can still have a friendship and be red and blue. However, regardless of your politics, Jimmy Carter is a Christian man. He he gives and he serves his wife and his family and others, and I'll tell you, when you look at his life and his marriage, I want to emulate it. I, I, it's like those are the people. Why? You what do you be. see?
1: What do you see that
2: maybe I don't see in, or- in their in their marriage? There's a deference to each other. They have a strong usness. They have figured out that rhythm of how to love well and love deeply.
1: And, and you it, can see that, not knowing them, you can see that from the outside through the, through their life together over
2: time. Uh huh. Or I can mention some other presidents that you can see over time. They don't have it, right? <laughs> there
1: you go. So okay. it us got us. Fair, fair you enough. Can, you can okay. find. <laughs> I can mention some other ones.
2: You know, uh-huh. uh, a lot of people don't like Obama and his politics, but uh, you know, let me tell you something. If there's anything I respect about Doc, uh, uh, President Obama, he's a good husband and he's a good dad. There's no evidence he's not. You know, mm-hmm. when his one daughter acted out once, so what? All kids act out. That's not on them. That's also individual choice. But if there is something that I can see, at least in the over time, in the public sphere, that man honors her. He respects her. He's a good dad. I mean, I like his politics. Who cares? But I'm going to honor those positive things. Yeah, right? we're not
1: talking politics here. We're mm, talking relationships relationship. and family. That's what and we're you talking. Look at, so.
2: You look at Mr. and Mrs. Carter... You go, wow. You know, that's why um, I've always wanted to, uh, I've always watched older couples and you can just watch their marriage and you go, I want that when I'm their age. I want to be like them in my marriage. I'm living my life to the best of my ability with Luella as an us so that one day young couples go, I want what you all have. I want, how do you, how do you live this way? And I can tell them about my Jesus and then I can tell them, Practically how I do it. And and, and so they just had 75 years of marriage.
1: 75 years. I know. That just, I mean, I can't even understand that. That seems so long. (laughs) That's
2: an eternity. (laughs) And yet, think about. Especially in
1: this day and age, people can't last two years in marriage.
2: The first divorce hurdle is in the first five years of marriage today. That's when most people are divorcing. And so you got to get for you got to get past the first five years. And then, of course, you got the empty nest coming. If people would do the things we teach and relate well, they would end up with a 75 year marriage. I always tell people, I'm not here for a five year plan. I'm here for a 50 year plan. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I grew up in divorce. My wife did, too. We weren't going to do it. And so
1: do you it, think it was because Jimmy and Rosalind Carter were great, solid individuals when they did get married, they had accomplished everything they were. Who they needed to be? They as were a, young
2: when they got married. They right, were, they were really young, so they were still developing themselves. So way how? Back then.
1: So so that was that's how you walked right into that because that's exactly what I was thinking. And so how does that marriage last? And we have our twenty somethings now who get married and it doesn't last. What's because the difference in these two?
2: They just culture. Want culture no longer values marriage, and. Western culture values individualism. I get Trump, and you can like or not, but it's hyper individualism that increases immaturity. In, in, in we don't know how to live a relationship. We'd rather be right than have a relationship. Because that's what we value winning arguments, being right. Where and healthy being relationships, yes. Being independent. And, 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 I feel hyper this society is
1: teaching women to be independent, men to be independent, and then you try to collide your lives together. And somebody's got to lose, lose themselves in some capacity or another. Especially if you're going to have family, it's tough we to said, juggle all of those things in today's society.
2: And we said earlier, Jay Shetty and others talk about the highest way of living life is what? Learning to serve. Isn't that what the scriptures about? Die to self, serve others. But we don't serve others; we serve ourselves. And so, to death do his part. Back in when they, when you know, the Carters got married. Today it means to death do the part or unless I'm not longer fulfilled. Mm-hmm. That's what it really means today. I'm here to death do us part or if I'm not fulfilled then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Because it is about ourselves anymore. You see, I told well a long time ago when we first got married, I said it joking but I mean it. If you ever leave me, I'm going with you, all right? I love that. You, you know, Gosh, I need a
1: man that does that. You see, <laughs> where do I find one of those? Could you mm. teach could you teach all men out there to do that? You leave. I'm going with you.
2: There you go. That's that's, yeah, that's commitment. Exactly
1: what I needed. <laughs> Amen. I had that in the last one and I expected that to happen and it didn't happen. So <laughs> I need. And you and are a every great woman, catch. Oh, that for, you are Thank a
2: wonderful, you. wonderful friend and, and, and lady. You. That is for Thank sure. Thank you very
1: much. Yes. So, I'll find that man that says the same thing because you're going to
2: teach him. Yeah. Oh, wonderful.
1: <laughs> you're going to teach him that. Yeah.
2: I got, I got Colby's a fiance now. Yeah,
1: Colby's. His, yeah. Her guy is going to learn that he is not. You're not going. Anywhere, because he's going to follow you. He's going to surf. Yeah. He's going to surf right behind you.
2: <laughs> and those that maybe knew the show, Kobe's our producer. She's engaged.
1: Yes, yes. Newly engaged. Yeah, she brings all the information fresh. to us
2: that she's learning, and we got, talk about it on the show.
1: Absolutely. Right. So she's going to be like Jimmy and Rosalind Carter later. Yes. They're going to be seventy-five years together, and. We may or may not be around at that point. I'm not sure, but (laughs) it'll be nice. It'll be nice that when they do celebrate their 75th. Yeah,
2: yeah, if if I can butt in. Oh, here we go. Honestly, with the help of Dr. Rick... And I'm not just saying this to, like, showboat him or anything, but Michael and I, my fiancé, we had our first premarital counseling session with Dr. Rick last week. And I was telling Dr. Rick, we we left the parking lot, like, giggling and excited. Like, I went in very anxious and nervous, just, you don't know what to expect in that. And it's like, okay, what kind of wounds are going to get uprooted or what? But we left so excited with, like, tools to implement, like further in our relationship, we have another session, but that was just one of them. So it it was like seriously so helpful. Isn't
1: that yeah. wonderful? That's and, you know, so great because that is exactly what you do. You teach the skills and the tools. Mm-hmm. You're not bringing up past and harvesting all kinds of negative energy. You're you're the one that lives in the present mm-hmm. and what we're doing to and, implement right
2: now for a good strong future. In a real, in a real, um, a real, um, you know, nod towards Colby and and, and her her bow. Uh, we actually talked about some painful things as well, you know, the challenges that, we'll, that, that they can expect in the future. And they, they both received it with goodwill. They were open about those things and um, put some strategies in place for them, you know. So, uh, you know, a real, at, real addable, you know, attaboy, what do you call it, to them in that they were really open to, to he, being in the present. Here's your strengths. Here are some challenges for the future. Let's talk about this as we continue to move along. So anyways, and by the way, Angelia, she has gotten, we're giving her the Relate Well curriculum, not the premier. I'm giving her the Big Kahuna curriculum, the, the core. Uh-huh, yeah. And her and Mike will be going through it, so they will now know oh, wow. the whole nine-session process of relate well
1: that is going to be so exciting (coughs) you're going to learn so much about each other and yourself Mm -hmm. I mean you learn about yourself as well which is nice because then you can communicate with one another these are my needs yes this is what I need met what are your needs yes so important and, and, so so important, and you have you have some things coming up, a big announcement too. Yes, so I want you to add that in right, right now.
2: And, Of course, you know that most marriages end in 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 divorce. I mean, well, actually, it's divorce divorce has dropped a little bit. About forty two percent of marriages end in divorce, right? It's almost and, half, and half of those that are actually married aren't happy. So we, there's there's, there's, a, there's a marriage crisis, right? And after counseling, you know, literally hundreds and thousands, hundreds not hundreds, hundreds or thousands a couple of couples over time, I realized that anybody can have a healthy, mature marriage as long as they know what to do differently, because if we talk about, right? So we are, we have created what's now called the power of us. It's going to be a free, listen, a free online event to help couples strengthen their marriage in five days.
1: In five days. In
2: five days. Okay,
1: so it's a webinar, five days um, long. It's
2: an external... <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, and my you, COVID cough. Yeah,
1: there's that COVID thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so it's a five-day seminar, and... No,
2: no, it's a it's a one-hour seminar that we're going to have.
1: Right. All right, One, but five hours. And five then,
2: days. in that, we're going to talk about some things, and then we're going to make an offer, and if you will get, purchase the offer... And do we say you can strengthen and enrich your marriage in five days? So, if you want to be a part of this event, it's on July 29th. And what you do, you get your free ticket at uh, PowerOfUsLive.com. Okay, that's PowerOfUsLive.com. So, I would encourage folks go to powerlesslive get your free ticket for the Power of Us event that I'll be doing live and you'll be joining us. What time is it going to be? on? I believe it's like 7 o'clock at night. So evening. Okay. It's in the evening. Okay, so uh, my before or
1: after dinner-ish depending yes. on, depending on how, so if you it, have cho- children it, and you eat early or are you eat late. Okay, exactly. so that'll so be a good
2: time. We're really encouraging people. Go to powerlesslive.com. Get your free ticket. Show up on July 29th and hear what we have to say and then we're going to make an offer for you that we, we believe... And, and we believe we'll strengthen your marriage in five days. And it's
1: power of us
2: live live dot com.
1: power of dot com. Yep. OK. All right. Well, all on right. that note, we're going to end this segment and we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Relate Well with Dr. Rick.
2: To have
0: and to hold from this day forward. Your wedding day was the biggest commitment of your life. Relationships change over time. Needs go unmet. Communication breaks down and half of all marriages end in divorce. If till death do us part has become a challenge, then it's time to reconcile and reconnect. In his one to three day marriage intensives, Dr. Rick Marks coaches couples in distress back to their love and hope for a future together. Dr. Rick's intensives is not traditional therapy. Marriage intensives give couples the skills for communication, problem solving, emotional regulation as well as the skills for healthy bonding and much more. Intensives empower couples to create the marriage they desire with Dr. Rick's Relate Well Principles and Tools, keeping couples out of the divorce graveyard.
2: I realized many years ago with a team that I work with that if we could teach people those skills for bonding and, and reattachment and communication and, and problem solving and, and emotional regulation and much more, it gives you the hope, again, which can lead to the goodness and the love and the feelings and the intimacy so that you win your us your marriage wins and your kids win
0: 87 percent of the couples who participated in dr rick's marriage intensives reconnected their love for each other and remained married
2: if you want to take the opportunity you have the will to do it you want to do it and you want to save it we'll show you how
0: intensives are cheaper than a divorce and much more meaningful save your marriage reconnect your love Save a generation and secure your future. For more information, visit drrickmarks.com or call 904 724 8683.
1: All right, really? Okay, sometimes our breaks are more fun than the show. You never know what you're going to learn over the break. Welcome back to Relate Well with Dr. Rick. This is Angelia Savage, your co host, and we've tackled a lot of stuff today. We've tackled COVID.
2: What we learned from COVID. That's all yeah. done.
1: Yeah, what we've learned from COVID. We've talked about some marriage things that we mm-hmm. could have, you know, takeaways that would be good takeaways from Jimmy and Rosalind Carter of their 75 years of marriage. Yes. How wonderful. And we had a, an amazing question at the top of the show, which was so good. And so now. I want to talk about a few other things, okay. and I think these are really important things. There was an article that was written, and it's eight things that you should never do during an argument with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And this
2: was on an article called First Things First. First Things First is a wonderful marriage strengthening initiative in Chattanooga, Tennessee.
1: Oh, Chattanooga.
2: Yeah. Okay. Is, and so first things first, uh, started by Julie Bumgarner. Um, they dropped the divorce rate in Chattanooga after 22 years, like 40, 42 percent. No, they dropped it 29% in like 12 years. They did, they're doing phenomenal work what in Chattanooga. What in the world did they do? We you need know? to take note. And, and so they're very they're very assertive, they're very aggressive in in creating marriage educational opportunities throughout their county and their city. And uh, I know the folks that work there and they've been producing these articles over time. And uh, this is one of those articles.
1: Ah, so yeah. I think we all need to sign up for these articles and get these. On. Uh, we need to get these implemented here and in, in every town. The actually. work they I do. I mean, is, every city. The work needs that this. They,
2: Julie Bumgarner did when she started that, even to this day, uh, is just is a marvelous, lasting effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about some of the first ones because we've okay. got disagreements happen in a marriage all much so. the time. So make sure that that disagreement doesn't turn into a divorce. So exactly. let's talk about the first thing. And the first thing that you should never do during an argument
2: mm-hmm.
1: is never take your focus off of the problem at hand.
2: Yes. When couples get into conflict, they start blaming each other. They start attacking each other. Well, you did this. Why about when you that or you did. Once you start moving to the you posture, you're no longer talking about the problem. You're talking about your partner. And whenever whenever you get to that place, you're actually destroying the usness. And, and what we have to learn to do in a healthy, mature way is protect the relationship and be able to deal with the issue as if it's out here. But once you personalize the issue, you're no longer talking about the issue anymore. I'm talking about what you did. You're talking about what I did. But now we're talking about each other. We're not talking about the issue anymore. And the real trick of healthy, mature relationships is in a sense say, hey, honey, can we talk about that problem? I say, it's kind of keep it out here, arm length away from you, and then we can talk about that thing. And that's that takes maturity. But once you once you move away from the issue, the problem, and you start talking about each other, you're just destroying the goodness. You're destroying the friendship. You're destroying a, a lot of things in the relationship. How
1: do you do that then? So let's say I don't know. As uh, I don't like the way you park. You park your car. You're a crazy driver. And you're actually getting a phone call right on air. So there we go. It's a a live radio (laughs) show. It happens. So whenever you're arguing, so say we're arguing and you're driving and I don't like the way you drive. It drives me crazy. Or, um, you know, you park. You're not a good, um, I don't know, highway driver, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And so I start going, I don't know, I start arguing with you about you're a terrible driver. Why do you drive like this?
2: And I could probably come up with a lot of times I wasn't a terrible driver. You see, what really what's really struggling is you're actually afraid of what I'm what I'm doing is creating fear in you. So the real key is can I share an observation with you? Yes. I know that you're driving this way. When you do that, it makes me feel this way.
1: So the problem <coughs> is out here. I need to I can talk
2: about what How I'm thinking I and feeling. Feel. What I'm thinking and feeling about this issue. And you can listen with goodwill or not. And remember, fundamental to, re- to relate well is living a life of goodwill, respect, humility, and empathy, which we call the four protectors of an us. All right. Okay. So if I live that way, then I'll hear you with goodwill. I'll hear you spe- with, with respect. Okay. I can at least be caring. I don't have to agree with what your perceptions are, but I can listen and care. Okay. I can speak my truth with goodwill and respect and in a caring way. All right. Okay. So that it's not accusatorial. That's the idea of speaking for yourself. I like so, that. So it's not so critical. Yeah, it's, I'm
1: not criticizing you. I'm placing
2: kind of the blame on me. It's not about blame. I'm just speaking out. How Yeah, it's not about, about blame. It's about speaking for yourself. We okay. all need to be. We all need to be able to speak our truths and our perspectives. And we need to be able to speak up and say what we think and feel. That's called being assertive. Uh-huh. And being aggressive is not not healthy, but being assertive is. Got it. Speak your truth, all right? Okay. When couples get in conflict, they don't talk about the problem anymore. They're just talking about each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I and can that's see what that first, now. Things
2: first is pointing out is, you know, don't take your focus off the issue and put it on something else. Talk about the issue and protect the relationship at the same time.
1: That's fascinating. Actually. And that's what that's I, uh, I don't think I've ever looked at it that way. Yeah,
2: and that's what the curriculum in relate well curriculum actually does. If you think about it, we actually teach people how to communicate and solve problems, so you're always protecting us. Mm-hmm. Do you see, good. I like that. That's yeah. good.
1: Okay. All right. So next one: never listen to
2: argue your point. Yeah, and this is when you're telling me something that you don't like, and I'm listening. So, I can get information from you to debate your point, so I can win my points over your points. And I'm not really listening to you. I'm listening in order to win an argument.
1: This sounds like an attorney. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds it, like a deposition I, I, or something. I, there, I Somebody's forget.
2: like going to use your words against you. <laughs> you know, interesting, you said it that way. There's a, I forget who it was, there's a pretty prominent psychologist. He refers to it as the internal lawyer.
1: That's what it sounds like. I
2: like how you just said that. It's like an internal. Yeah. they yeah, like I'm watching like,
1: Law and Order. I'm exactly. watching a court case right now. And, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm just listening to you to learn what I can use against you later.
2: Exactly right. Uh, okay. no, don't do that when you're right. arguing.
1: Got it. Okay. So never say words like never. <laughs> I just said never. Huh? Never say words like never or always.
2: Because it's, We've extre- heard this before. it's extremist thinking. You know, okay. you never care for me. You are always this way. I, I could come up with one or two times I probably wasn't. <laughs> you know it's it's a form of it's a form of dirty fighting. Uh-huh. Stay away from extremist words like that. You know you always you never you should you must. They can find re- re- reasons you you can't, and that just shows you're in that lower order brain. So just stay away from things like you you always you never. So try to yeah. uh, try to get rid of those absolute words. Yeah, and the way you can get around that is say things like you know when this happens I feel. You and can this just start happens, speaking. I feel yeah, you know. Okay. N- leave that, out
1: never and always exactly <laughs> just omit yeah. those or
2: you say it seems to me there's a tendency okay is the phrase i like to use it seems to me there's a tendency on your part to do this a tendency allows for a little bit of fudge room cuz it's not always or never Got but it. it is a pattern
1: okay all right what about never here we go with the never again never ever bring up Old stuff. Oh, gosh. This is a tough one, right? What everyone harvests, what's, what's the Everyone old? remembers. Remembers yeah. all of those bad moments.
2: There's the old joke of two old men sitting at a table drinking coffee, and one of them says to the other, yeah, every time my wife and I get into a fight, she gets historical. The other guy goes... <laughs> You mean hysterical, <laughs> don't you? He goes, "No, no. she gets historical." Yeah, he's bringing up the past. Yeah. So true. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> yeah. a
1: good one. I yeah, like and
2: that. if you keep bringing up the past, that just goes to show there's some unresolved issues for you. Uh, it also, shows probably some unforgiveness, or resentment still. You know, um, if if so, you, you got to learn to practice forgiveness and letting go of things. But if you're bringing something up, that means you're still stuck. That means you got to figure out why you're still stuck. Can you forgive? Does this person? If, if a person's not changing. You don't need to bring up the past, but what we can argue is you've got a pattern that's still at present, and we have to deal with that pattern, you see? And this Um,
1: happens in every relationship. You know, this happens with friendships. It happens with family, and it's hard to forget. People say they forgive, but then they bring things back up from the past. And it just—it's a snowball, mm-hmm. and you're not arguing about the one thing you started the argument about. Now you're reverting back to the original argument.
2: Y- yeah, you—you you, you just start bringing more and more negative stuff in from the past, and one issue in the present now is like ten times worse because you brought all kinds of other stuff into it.
1: Yep. So it feels a lot heavier. Yes. Okay. Well, never call names,
2: and that's a never, 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 ever, ever. It's just mean. It's disrespectful. There's no goodwill in it. When you call people names, it's a form of contempt for them. And whenever you show contempt for another person, that's more insidious than being angry. There's a difference between anger and contempt. If you and I are angry at each other, um, Angelia, emotionally, we may be angry, but at the deeper sense, we still see each other as equals. We're just angry at each other. Yeah. Contempt is more insidious because contempt says, I'm morally superior to you, I'm better than you are. And when you start calling people names, roll your eyes, purse your lips at them, what you're really doing is you're making them inferior to you. And that's why these things that you do, calling names, those kind of things are so insidious. Because what you're really doing is you're belittling and tearing down that person by making yourself better than them. Mm, and, and nothing never, good is ever, coming out of that. Ever, and there is no, there's nothing good comes out of calling people names. No, never. not in any relationship. And, and be honest, if you do it on a regular basis, it actually goes to show your immaturity It shows. It it shows who your character is. That's what I was thinking. It sounds childish. It is. I don't think I've ever
1: called anyone a name, and I'm not sure that I don't. I know no one's ever called me a name, so I think that's a little childish. You know, that sounds very very playground. It is. You know, behavior. It is. All right. Well, let's talk about um, never throw around the word divorce, also known as the D word. And I've always heard this. Do not say divorce unless you are divorcing and never looking back.
2: Uh, This was an interesting one that uh, First Things First put in the article. I actually agree with it strongly. I grew up in divorce and so did Luella. In the first few years of our marriage, probably six or seven, twice. Now, Luella never yelled or screamed, we don't do that. But twice in two arguments, we're, we're talking about something, we don't agree, and we weren't really mature back in those early days, but she threw out the idea of leaving. And I was like, how do we go from here to there? Well, I forgave both of them, but what I didn't know was because she would throw out the idea of leaving, I then learned something about her. You're gonna leave me one She's day. She's gonna leave.
1: Mm-hmm. And do so you say I, it, you're do
2: unconsciously, it. I would hold myself back from her in case she le- left me because there, unconscious in my brain was an expectation that she might one day. I've never thrown out the D word. You know, I said earlier, if you leave me, I'm going to go with you, mm-hmm. you know, but she did. And so we had to work through some insecurities on my part. She's, said, well, I go, why would you throw that out? Well, I wouldn't, I was afraid, upset. You can be upset, but to say that you're going to end this thing, that's a whole nother place to go. Mm-hmm. You see, and if you're willing to throw that out, it's like you just said, if you're willing to throw it out, then you're letting the other person know it's a possibility.
1: Yes, it is. It's, Absolutely. It's true. If you're going to, if you say it you better just do it and never look mm-hmm. back. <laughs> don't don't say it to throw to gaslight the it, situation to get what you want cuz that's not going to happen. Right. Okay, we've got to quickly get through two more points. Never intimidate, manipulate or threaten.
2: Uh yes. Yes, I mean, that's that's pretty, like yeah, I mean that's just kind of like straightforward. I mean, there we much go. So, so yeah, very so much that, so. we're not.
1: We're, no one needs to be in in that circumstance yeah. anyway. So yeah. that's it, when you do need to throw out the divorce word and get out. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> no. So never get physically aggressive with your spouse.
2: Obviously, domestic violence. It, that's what I'm saying. All fifty states have a zero tolerance for it. I have a zero tolerance for it. I don't care who you are, you, particularly as a man, but even women get involved in domestic violence. When you get to the place where you're getting physical, that says something more about you. And I'll be the first person to tell a client, get out, get away, stay safe. You do not have to put up with that behavior at all. Yeah. yeah. And I would actually argue emotional abuse and spiritual abuse as well. You don't have to put up with that gaslighting in really bad ways. You don't have to put up with that. Yeah, it's a, it's the, one of the worst ways to demean and disrespect someone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bring it to their attention yeah. and make sure it gets fixed. And if it doesn't then get out. That's, exactly. when you, that's when you do bring up D, the D, divorce word. Yeah, all exactly right. right. Well, if you would like to learn to lead a life through the four protectors in all of your relationships and learn how to develop the tools that create us in your marriage, us in your family, or even us in the workplace, then register for the online Relate Well Core program. You can register for Relate Well as a single or couples, just register online today at relatewell.us. Again, that's relatewell.us. And if you're looking for private relationship counseling, you know, maybe premarital counseling like Colby, mm-hmm. then you know you can do that as well or life coaching from Dr. Rick. Uh just call him at 904-724-8683. That's 904-724-8683. Well, this has been another informative show from Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks to help you live your best life. And remember, until next week, Relate Well to live well, everyone.
0: We want to invite you to visit RelateWell.us. Whether you're single or a couple, come learn what a healthy relationship looks like and then put it into practice. For relationship counseling, contact Dr. Rick at relatewell.us.